Hey, Edith. What? What do you call an alligator in a vest? An alligator in a vest? Uh Uh-huh. I don't know. An investigator. Oh, for heaven's (laughs) sakes. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Hi, I'm Christy. And I'm Edith. We're backyard gardeners in Colorado. And neighbors. And friends. These days, gardening is becoming very popular. We're not experts. We just learned a lot about gardening from the mistakes we made along the way. So welcome to Upside Down Tulips, a fun podcast that celebrates gardening gone wrong. Upside Down Tulips Hey, Christy. Hey, Edith. What do they say? The luck of the Irish to ya? Yes. And thanks to Denise Gentilini for writing a special Irish version of our theme song. It's one of my favorites. I love it. I love Irish music. Yeah, it makes you want to do some clogging, doesn't it? Sure. Or step dancing. Anything that it just makes me want to move. Well, you know, because St. Patty's Day is right around the corner, that means it's going to be planting season. Mm-hmm. And it also means it's still... National Salary Month. Edith, how's your National Salary Month going? Oh, Christy, it's... Uh, I, you know, I've had parties. I'm sorry that you asked because I haven't invited you. Oh. To my celery... Oh, man. To, oh, Edith. Get my celery celebrations. <laughs> oh, my God. I am degrading. I'm just <laughs> going away. <laughs> my humor. Well, and you know, we've talked about that. You've never grown celery, right? I did once and it was too stringy to eat. It was too tough and stringy to eat. My fault. Didn't water it enough. Well, I've never grown it before. And um, so I bought a packet of seeds here I have right here from Botanical Interest. Celery. This is the Utah variety. And I think what I'm going to do, Edith, I'm going to winter sow it. Yeah. Would you like a winter sown jug of celery seeds? I sure would because I have learned to love celery. Well, I'm a little nervous about it because this is not supposed to be very easy to grow. It's, it's, it's better in milder climates. It doesn't like to get too hot. And yeah, you know, in Colorado, Colorado, we can get hot. Smart you getting Utah celery. It gets hotter in Utah, I think, than it does here. Oh, that's here. a good point. So very smart. So maybe we'll be okay. And, sure. And you know, friends, this week we're talking about things that are easy to grow. So um, I'm going to, but celery is not one of them. <laughs> no, no, it isn't. But we're also going to be talking about what makes something not easy to grow. Things we think are easy yeah. have failed on me, but we have figured out some of the reasons why. We're living the brand, Edith. We're doing that all the time. <laughs> yeah. But before we talk, go really into gardening, yeah. I do have a question to ask you. What? What are your thoughts about what's happening with our beloved Denver Broncos? I'm so excited. <laughs> I do. I'm so excited. <laughs> Russell Wilson just joined as the Denver Bronco quarterback. Absolutely. The only thing that would make that better if is if Von Miller came back. But then he posted something, didn't he, on he Twitter did. or Instagram that yeah, he did. But I don't know if he was just teasing or taunting or what he was doing. Well, he better not. Christy, I can't believe they kept me. it under wraps like this. All of a sudden it was all over. There was not a rumor about it. Isn't that interesting? And to all our listeners in Wisconsin, you can keep Aaron Rodgers as far as I'm concerned. So I have no comment on that, <laughs> listeners in Wisconsin. <laughs> I do, however, have a comment. You know, um, Christy, for the first time today, I watched an entire soccer, or they call it football game, between um, Real Madrid and Paris. And 
one of the reasons I watched it was to watch Lionel Messing, Messi. And if you are a soccer fan, you know who that is. But what really, really got me, I just made some notes about the difference between commentating on American football and European football. So if someone takes, if someone misses a catch, what do they say? He took his eyes off the ball. Right. Uh-huh. Right. And now you're going to hear my terrible Irish slash Scottish accent. What they actually said today was, oh, he had a flight of fancy there. <laughs> he had a flight <laughs> of fancy. fancy. <laughs> when, um, when, when there's a pass in, in American football, they often say he threw a bullet, right? Today they said, that was a wondrous pass. Wondrous. A wondrous pass. Often in um, in football, I hear commentators say that this is smash, smash mouth football. Today I heard, that was extravagant. <laughs> He'll pay for that extravagance, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> that was extravagant. Yeah, here, you often hear, these are two physical teams, you know, as if there's anything but a physical right, team. Uh-huh. But today I heard, here they are in the same dilemma. <laughs> so it just occurred to me. <laughs> That's great. It was like, it was as if they were narrating a Jane Austen novel. A Flight of Fancy. A Flight of Fancy, A Wondrous Pass, An Extravagance. And the other thing that really hit me was um, one of the guys fell down. Valverde fell and he didn't get up. And you know what happens in American football. They rush to the field. Well, he laid down. He, he got hit and he just laid there. And nobody came, and the commentator said, Valverde stays down. He's going to have to treat himself. (laughs) Put on his own (laughs) Band-Aid? You know how often they fake it? Oh, that's true. He was faking it. Oh. Oh, it was. Yeah, you need to see blood before they'll bring out the medics. Yes, exactly. So anyway, that, that was how I amused myself this day of freezing cold weather. I know it has been cold out, hasn't it? Last week it was in the seventies, and I was poking out in the yeah. garden. And now that we've had lo, lo, a low of four, low, low, so low. <laughs> that's why I have no garden update, Christy. That's why I. That's wrote, why you did. A, that's why you did a. a that's a football why I did update. soccer and football because I have no garden update. And you don't have football, so you have to turn to. So soccer. I have to turn to soccer. Yes. yes well, I have indeed. a couple garden updates. Uh, first of all, I did do this before the snow came. I started to cut back my ornamental grasses. Ah, I know you love ornamental grasses, Edith. Well, I've come Not. around to them because oh, I, you? well, you know why? Because you told me that they are houses for pollinators. That's true. So then I thought, you know, she's got something there. Well, I cut them back, and just for folks who want to know more about it, um, you should do it when the snow is gone, um, and. There's two different kinds of grasses. If you have a warm season grass, which means it likes all the hot weather, you can cut that back to the ground. If you have a cool season grass, which means that it'll really, it greens up a lot in the spring, cut it to about a third of the way down. Huh. And okay. you should, you can tie it up first, like put it in a ponytail. Um, I just use bungee cords. And you can cut it with a hedge trimmer or a weed whacker. Christy, I that's, just use that's a- what I used to do in college. I would put my hair in a ponytail right on the top of my head and just take a big scissors and cut straight across. Exactly right. It was, yeah. It well, was, didn't look good, but it was cheap. Edith, I use a hoary knife. Do you use a hoary knife? A hoary knife? knife? Oh, a hoary knife. I thought you said a whoring knife. Oh. <laughs> what is she talking about? 
Oh, a hori knife, a Japanese hori Japanese knife. Japanese yeah. hori knife. That's what I used to cut mine. It's also a great time to divide your ornamental grasses. And what I do is when I have the extra grasses is that uh, please put them in your compost pile. Or you could also put them in, uh, lay them around your yard or put it in, hide it in shrubbery. I put it like in my lilac bushes or Like in, mulch? You mean as if it were mulch? I put it inside the bushes so the birds can get it for oh. nesting. Oh, oh, how nice. Oh, very good. I also had, Edith, a little crocus bloom. Oh, One nice. little crocus. We'll see if it's still there after the snow. Probably because crocus are so hardy. Yeah, yeah they are hardy. Yeah. Um, and I noticed that I had, you know, I cleaned out all my irises, Edith, and there's one little patch because we had some freezing temperatures, but they don't look good. Your iris don't look good? No, the little green parts that were up, yeah, look brown. Ooh. So I'm wondering if I'm going to lose a bloom on this this year. Oh my. Because I wonder if I cleaned them out too soon so they weren't protected oh. by the recent cold snaps. Well, I remember you told me that you thought it might be too soon, yeah. but you, you had garden fever? <laughs> I did have garden you did fever. did have garden fever. I had to get out there. Um, uh, well, uh, do you remember who was the listener, Edith, who told us that seed catalogs are garden porn? Oh, I don't remember. That was. Oh, a good, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm gonna look one. it up, and I'm so sorry, whoever's out there, who told us that because she's so right. And we got a notification also from a listener regarding Baker's heirloom seeds and how they were donating 100 mm-hmm. percent of their sales to the efforts in Ukraine, mm-hmm. and they had concerns about uh, Ukrainian farmers being able to work and. And save the seeds. Yeah. There are seeds that are literally indigenous to that area, and um, they are concerned about that. Yeah, and I I don't think that Baker's Seeds is doing that, like, on a continuous basis. Right, they did it for a they while. They did it for a while, yeah. Which is a really great thing to do. Well, yeah. I I um, I went and ordered their seed catalog. Do you ever get their seed catalog? I got all their, I got their seeds. That's who I bought seeds from this year. Well, I got their seed catalog. Did you get this one here? Oh my gosh, look at that. No, I did not. Okay, this is garden porn. Folks, it is about a half an inch thick, wouldn't you say, Edith? Mm -hmm. On the cover, it's just filled with these beautiful sunflowers that are kind of burgundy and red, would you say? Yep. And then on every page are just these beautiful photos alphabetically. So it starts off with, um, what's their first seed? I'm going to guess. Alfalfa? um, Agastaki. So it's flowers, oh, the agastaki, flowers, herbs, and veggies, mm-hmm. and so yeah, it goes agastaki, and then um, amaranth, um, arugula, mm-hmm. and beautiful photos. Mm-hmm. There are thirteen pages, Edith, on tomatoes. Oh my! Wow, I mean, it is quite the stunning tomato yeah. wow. section, um, and uh, so I'm going to curl up during these cold days with my garden porn. Christy, I forgot to say there is one thing that happened in my garden. My German garlic is up. Now I hope it doesn't get hurt with this cold weather, but I mulched it. Is this the giant bulbs that you got and you planted this fall last fall? Yeah. Yeah. Planted it last fall. It's up. How high is it up? Um, it was like an inch. Oh, that's good. And uh my leek, some of the leek that continually rebirth themselves they are greening up as well. Well, hopefully this cold snap will be okay. 
Yeah. If that's the part that worries me. And here's the thing too, is that, you know, whenever the temperature, whenever it dips into the teens, I always go out and cover my rosemary, Edith, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then, but it was so nice last weekend. I went, oh, I'm just going to take, I took off, I took off the cover and I didn't put it back on Uh-oh. again. And Riff. so there's my rosemary. And I think I, you know, I have the kind I have is called ARPS. And I mean, maybe the snow will help. The snow will help, but I'm starting to suspect you as a rosemary killer. <laughs> I might be. Uh-huh. And guess what we have for everybody this week, Edith? That's I, special. I don't know. What? We have a brand new Who Killed Rosemary. All right. And we, now the garden party's heard this already because sometimes we give our garden party special treats, don't we? We give them treats. That's right. Because they're lovely people and they give us money. That's right. And so if you're a member of the garden party, it means you're a patron, you're a supporter of the podcast and you throw a couple bucks our way every month so we can pay the bills. And then in exchange, you get some fun rewards or you get um, special bonus episodes like these Who Killed Rosemary. So the garden party gets to enjoy them again, but everybody else gets to hear them for the first time. That's just exciting. Are we doing it right now? Yes. Good. (laughs) (laughs) I had to to look at our engineer. (laughs) Everyone enjoy Who Killed Rosemary. Previously on Who Killed Rosemary. Edith, the authorities cannot rule out foul play. Did Rosemary have any enemies? My Rosemary? Of course not. Everybody loved her. She was just so stimulating and fun to be around. John Elway. She used to have a thing with this squirrel. They were awfully chummy for the longest time, and then they just seemed to break up. When in doubt, get some mulch and mulch it today. Use promo code an uneasy feeling in my gut. It just all became too much. Toxic even. I had to move on. She knew. One thing about old Rosemary, she was smart. Maybe she was too smart. John Elway. For Upside Down Tulips, I am Misty Contour, and this is Who Killed Rosemary? Ever since my encounter with the squirrel, all I seem to hit are dead ends. No one in the neighborhood would talk to me. I was in a podcast montage. Excuse me, can you tell me about Rosemary? Sorry, I can't help you. Hello, I'm here to find out what happened to Rosemary. It's none of my business, and none of yours either. Sorry to trouble you, but do you know anything about Rosemary? Even if I did, I wouldn't tell you. Yes? I don't suppose you can tell me anything about Rosemary. Rosemary? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not supposed to say anything. Why not? Who is telling you to stay quiet? It's, uh, uh, it's... Yes? It's... Excuse me. Who Killed Rosemary sponsored by Jerry's Hand Pruners. 
If you like listening to Grateful Dead music while you remove dead flower heads from a plant to encourage further blooming, then you are a deadhead who deadheads, and you need Jerry's hand pruners. Use promo code WORTHLESSNEIGHBORS. Hey! Go ahead. Tell me, who is telling you to stay quiet? It's... uh, It's... The Yard Nazi! You mean the HOA? Same thing. The Yard Nazi. If I was ever going to get my answers, I was going to have to pay this Yard Nazi a visit. If you have any information related to the death of Rosemary, please email UpsideDownTulips at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and tune in for upcoming episodes. Christy, that, that's a great pot play. I'm glad you're a podcast listener. <laughs> you nailed the style completely. <laughs> yeah, I listen to way too many podcasts. It's a big well, part of my life. A lot well, of true crime. Is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And who doesn't love true crime? I love true crime. Yeah. So, Christy, what is our topic this week? We're talking about let's do things easy. Let's let's grow easy things, Edith. Okay. Why okay. do we need to grow really hard things? No reason. Not if there's easy things. Yeah. Grow easy things. And really, this is kind of also for people that I've I have had people say to me, I tried, I have a brown thumb, they all died, mm. and I'm done. Well, <laughs> no. Because maybe you tried really hard things like artichoke. Who knows what you tried? Yes. Maybe you put a fig tree out there. Who knows? Yeah. So maybe you're growing celery when you should be trying something <gasps> easy. Maybe you're growing celery. Well, when you grow easy things, friends, you just have a greater chance of success. Um, and I think one of the reasons why is because easier things have lo- lower maintenance. They're not as fussy. Right? They're not as fussy. And a, a lot of these things that we're going to be talking about are really great also for a child's garden, don't you think, Edith? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I think one of the best things you can do for your children is get them invested, interested mm-hmm. in a garden. Give them things. I used to give my kids a little area of the garden, and I would mm. call it like Gretchen's Meadow. And she could plant anything that she wanted there. And, it, you know, it's wonderful. It flowers, vegetables, so... Absolutely, Christie's. I remember the very first thing I ever grew, and I don't know if they still do this in schools, Edith, but I must have been in like first or second grade when you get that little paper cup and uh-huh. a little bit of soil and they uh-huh. give you a bean. I did it. And you put the bean in there uh-huh. and then you watch you watch it grow and it works. So folks, that's a clue. Beans are so easy. <laughs> they are easy. <laughs> They're really easy. And you know why else I love beans is that they grow quickly that they have a beautiful flower, and then, which is always the opportunity to say, okay, this is a flower, this is where the bean is going to come, and that's what grows the seeds. So you're giving your child a little sex ed, you know, in the garden. Nice, always good. Always good. And if people have trouble with beans, it could be, in my experience, yeah. that, that it got too cold. Yeah, they hate, they hate the cold. Mm-hmm. So make sure you have warm soil. Make sure you that you have warm soil. Don't, um, yeah, don't start them too early. And if you do, replant. If That's they right. die, just replant. I do beans in succession. In succession. Mm-hmm. And also don't forget to thin them. Yes. Because they, they may not be happy. They don't like to be crowded. You'll have no. happier. Do you like to live cheek to jowl with, <laughs> with your neighbors? No. <laughs> Neither do beans. Uh what about lettuce, Edith? Lettuce is pretty easy to grow. Now, there's a lot of different varieties, so I think it kind of depends. But I have found arugula to be extremely easy. Swiss chard is easy. 
A lot of lettuces are easy. Leaf lettuce is the easiest. Leaf lettuce is so easy. Yeah, I think it's because it just germinates so dang quick. Yeah. And it, the only thing you got to watch out with that is a lot of lettuces hate the heat. Beans hate the cold. Lettuce, lettuce hates, hates the, the heat. heat. So all you have to do is make sure it stays watered. In fact, anything you plant, we should say this right now, when a seed goes into the ground, you need to keep that soil moist. You need not to let it dry out or that seed is not going to germinate. So shout out to moist. Shout out to soil. So <laughs> moist soil. So um, make sure you don't defeat yourself in step number one. Keep it moist. Even if it means if you get a hot spill, even if it means going out twice a day. Yeah. Keep it moist. Keep it mulched. That also keeps the ground nice and cool. Uh, peas are also very easy. They are. Do you do you stake all your peas? You know, I um I have one of those bamboo tea peas that I use for sugar snap peas. And so uh -huh. you kind of have to train them to go up it. Uh huh. I've had bad luck with peas. I shouldn't say here. I am saying peas are easy, mm -hmm. but I have had um, some on and off luck with peas, and I think it's because I've either planted them too soon. Uh huh. Or I have soaked the peas too long. Oh, and they get mushy and they rot. Yes, you think like, oh, I soaked it for one day, maybe two mm -hmm. days is better. Um, and then, or I've missed my window of opportunity. The wind, they like the cool. St. Patty's Day. Yeah, St. Patty's Day is when if I we can get out peas. there. Um, I don't, I often do not soak them at all. But if you, if you plant them and water them enough and it's not hot, that should also be really good. Well, this year, what I did was because I had, I was in the mood for it. I winter sowed some. Oh, good. So we'll see what happens. Have you ever winter sowed them before? No. Well, this will be interesting. So if they come up, and then I can just move them into the garden. Nice. Yeah. You know what else is really fun when you have a viney plant like that, if, and you have a child, you can, I mean, have them. Take the plant and train it. Oh, that would be you know, fun. That's a really cool thing and, to do. And easier because they have the little gentle little hands and fingers so they won't. And they don't have to bend over because they're little. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's really good. I can't wait till your uh, granddaughter's old enough so she can come mm -hmm. over and train my peas. Come and train my peas. <laughs> okay. Uh, carrots are easy. In theory. In theory, they are easy. The biggest mistake... Well, there's a lot of mistakes. Like I had my carrot catastrophe where the seeds just blew away. <laughs> yeah. Because they're so, so little. So when you plant them, we had a listener give us a great hack. Put them in a salt shaker with some sand. You can do that. Um, you can also plant. Everybody says you should do this. You should plant a row of radishes next to where you plant the carrots. Because it takes so long for the carrots mm -hmm. to grow. And and I think the easy thing to do is to over-sow carrots. Uh -huh. And so radishes will prevent you from over And then because it's the thinning. And where it can be tricky with carrots is that if you, if you over-sow, then when you're thinning, you could damage other little plants. For me, the big thing with carrots is that you, um, is to have very loose soil. That's a really good point. You know what the other thing about carrots is? Carrots do not like too much nitrogen, which means that if you dump a lot of uh, miracle Grow or a nitrogen-heavy fertilizer, mm. not an organic one, mm -hmm. on your carrots, 
you're just going to get like little skinny. I'm sorry. That was for radishes. I jumped ahead. <laughs> but maybe it's true for carrots too. You know what? You did. I, I well, believed you because well, maybe, well, yeah, maybe but, because it's a root vegetable and maybe you'll just get a lot of, of the green tops, yeah, but, right? But, but Christy, carrots are skinny. Okay. And, and radish should be plump. Oh, right. I hear you. You see what I'm saying? Yes. But you Okay, let's go back to your good point about not making the soil too heavy, which just means you have to prepare the soil. Yeah. Sometimes you want to dig too... What would you say? Dig to a depth of... Six what? inches. For a root vegetable. Yeah. For carrots? Yeah. Yeah, real good. Loosen it up. Okay, look, I have radishes and, on my list now. Good. And you're saying, you know what I've heard, Edith, hmm? is I heard you shouldn't put too much nitrogen on your radishes. <laughs> That's funny. I heard the same thing. I've also heard that um, make sure you get out there and harvest them, friends. That's the biggest mistake. And that was, remember when Chris wrote to us a couple weeks ago uh-huh. about his yeah. radishes? And we ta- and he didn't. He wanted to know what was wrong with them. And it, generally, the re- he goes, did I not harvest them soon enough? And uh-huh. our answer was? Uh, right. Yeah. They were just out of basketballs. Yeah. They were so <laughs> big. And there's another little shout out to carrots. I have, uh, I think this year I grew Danvers half long, which means that they grow to about six inches. Mm. And, and if you have a regular long, long carrot mm-hmm. and you have clay soil like we have, they're very hard to harvest. They will often break off. Mm-hmm. So that's a good brand to use. A good variety is Danvers half long, and I'm still harvesting them. Still. And you know, I also like Little Finger. Little baby carrots. Little fingers are great. Those are great. Uh, cucumbers are easy. And if you find that they're not easy for you, it's probably cucumbers hate the cold. So mm-hmm. you, maybe you plant it. Or cucumbers hate inconsistent watering. And I think, Chrissy, they like a lot of water, don't they? When yeah, you, you got to water. Cucumbers almost all water You got to anyway. water those babies. Yeah. And they need support. Most cucumbers, you need to have to train them up. They need some sort of support. They need support, Edith. You know what, Christy? I'm not very, I'm not, I, apparently I'm not a supportive gardener. I have never supported my, my kids really? ever. I should. I have a little lean-to that I got. I've never. I just let them go where they will. Oh, interesting. Yeah, isn't that interesting? And sometimes I put rocks under them. Oh, gotcha. So that bugs don't get in and yeah, eat them yeah, and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I've never put them oh, on a trellis or anything. Interesting. Um, of course, zucchini is supposed to be very easy to grow. Last year, everybody knows I had great difficulty because I thought I was planting zucchini and I was actually planting yellow summer squash, but I just think my seeds got missed up. So Yeah, Christy, no blame to you at all. Think of all the years that you did plant zucchini. <laughs> right. And think of all the porches you left zucchini on. Yes, Because yes. you had too much. This year, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking to have so much zucchini this year, Edith. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to complaining about how much zucchini I have. And I'm sure you will. Previously on Who Killed Rosemary. Ever since my encounter with the squirrel, all I seem to hit are dead ends. No one in the neighborhood would talk to me. It's none of my business, and none of yours either. If you like listening to Grateful Dead music while you remove dead flower heads from a plant to encourage further blooming, then you are a deadhead who deadheads. John Elway! Who is telling you to stay quiet? It's the yard Nazi! She was fine the day before. Life was finally perfect. And now, she is dead. 
I just don't know what could have happened. Who killed my rosemary? For upside-down tulips, I am Misty Contour, and this is Who Killed Rosemary? I'm here to see the yard Nazi. Do you mean the H-O-A? Same thing. I am afraid she is not available. You will have to make an appointment. I've tried to make an appointment. I've left messages. I've sent an edible fresh fruit arrangement. I'm sorry. The yard Nazi is not available. You mean the H-O-A? Same thing. It's okay. I have an unexpected opening in my schedule. This way, Miss Contour. The Yard Nazi is the kind of person that makes you feel like you're being hauled into the principal's office. Except this office is filled with rows and rows of some kind of very large books. You have been bothering the residences of Windspring Farm. Podcasting is against the covenant. So I will tell you this with hope you will leave us alone. Rosemary had a troubled past in this neighborhood and had several violations on record. What kind of violations? First... Excuse me. Who Killed Rosemary is brought to you by... You will not acknowledge your sponsor in the middle of my important exposition! Oof. It says right here, acknowledging sponsors is in violation of Windsprings Farm Covenant Contract Article 323, subset 1775. As I was saying, First, Rosemary never got proper permission from the Zoning Commission. We are in growing Zone 5B, and she is clearly from Zone 7. Second, she calls herself an herb instead of herb, without filing the proper paperwork for a hearing on permission to use a silent H. I don't see what this has to do with her murder. We shouldn't be blaming the victim. Oh, I am not blaming anyone. I am just upholding the Windspring Farm's covenant. A bit of advice, Miss Contour. Make sure you are up to date on your paperwork and careful how you use a silent H while you are visiting our humble community. You may show yourself out. I have some filing to do. I thought I knew what to do. But now I'm left with more questions than answers. What was the Yard Nazi hiding from me? Was I being threatened? Could I still win an award for this podcast? Or maybe... Is the Yard Nazi a murderer? Or maybe the receptionist? Anyway, if you have any information related to the death of Rosemary, please email UpsideDownTulips at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and tune in for upcoming episodes. Oh, that Emma Messenger as the Yard Nazi. She's funny. She's just the best. And in real life, she is the kindest person you would exactly. ever want to meet. So yes. she's acting, folks. <laughs> she's really good. All right. Well, let's talk about, Edith, what yeah. flowers are the easiest to grow. And let's start with annuals. This is just a reminder to folks that an annual is a flower that you have to replant every year. It goes through its life cycle. It's happy. It blooms. And in the fall, it's done forever. And if you're like me and you really, really love plants that seed themselves, a lot of annuals do that. They, they're the gift that keep on giving. Yeah. You never have, in fact, you have to pull them out. They will take over. <laughs> That's true. But um, like one of the few pl flowers that I grow are marigolds. They're one of the easiest flowers mm -hmm. to have. Hey, 
Was your African marigold as easy to grow as my French marigold? Yes. Totally easy? Yeah. How about and that? the African one is soup, you know, a, a marigold is usually a pretty orange or yellow or some uh-huh. rust color. Yeah. And they're usually about knee high, but my African uh, marigolds were like three, four feet. And if wow. you become a, if you become a member of the garden party, I'll send you some. I just sent a bunch out to members of the garden party. If you want some mar- any kind of marigold seeds, we'll send you some. Did you know, Edith, that the bloom symbolizes beauty, warmth, creativity? No. Um, and marigolds are good in everything. They're good in pots. They're good in borders. They're good in containers. You can grow them anywhere. I know people that um, soak the marigold flowers and use it as a rinse for blonde hair. Oh, that would work. That would work, right? Absolutely. Well, what's great about them is that they're just not a fussy plant. Not at all. They tolerate a wide range of soil and climate conditions. And um, you can just sow them directly in the ground with about an eighth of an inch amount of soil on top. Yeah, literally. Just a dusting. It's a dust. But what I do is I throw them on the ground and then I take a garden fork and just fluff them up. Mm-hmm. Just like rough them up a little bit. And Give them a little fluffing. Yeah. The little fluffing and they and, grow. And water them and they will grow. Don't and forget you'll have to a, water. And you'll have so many seeds. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Another really easy flower to grow annual is a sunflower. So easy. And, and they also reseed themselves. And as we've learned, this is the national flower of Ukraine. And we've also learned what how it cleans up your soil. Yes. Yeah. So these are wonderful things to grow. Plus, if you've never grown them and you want bees, you will not believe <laughs> the amount yeah. of bees that go to your uh Sunflowers, and if you want to attract birds, same thing. You're yeah, feeding great. them, and yeah. of course, squirrels, and of course, squirrels. Yeah. Sunflowers are heliotropic, which means that they turn their flowers to follow the movement of the sun. Yep, so it's very cool. Also, these are not picky about the soil. The one thing sunflowers do need, which it sounds kind of obvious, is they need, of course, sun. Uh huh. Uh-huh. A lot of sun. Um, you can sow these directly into the garden. Mm-hmm. They also work in containers. Um, after the danger of frost, and in most regions in the in the country, that's April to mid July, and in the South, that's mid March to early April. I am I'm winter sowing um, in my milk jugs uh, sunflower seeds right now. Don't forget too, if you have something, for example, like spinach, that usually does not like the heat. You could try growing that in between sunflowers because then you can use the shade Mm -hmm. from the sunflowers and extend your spinach season. Great idea. Uh, They do like to be planted about an inch to an inch and a half deep and about six inches apart. Um, They get massive, folks. They get absolutely massive. If If you plant multiple seeds, then you can thin them and then let the strongest contenders, you know, let let Darwin take over. Mm -hmm. I do that sometimes. Uh, our, I have to say that I think my favorite, easiest flower to grow, Edith. Yeah. The zinnia. Oh, Christy, I grew last year for the first time, um, based on your recommendation. And I could not believe, I don't know if I've ever been so rewarded by, they are easy. They are breathtakingly beautiful. beautiful. They have such a burst of color and so many different colors. You can't believe it. It's like they're a Dutch paint company or something. Yeah. Zinnia are, are sim- symbolic for friendship. And um, they have, uh, it's recommended, you can just throw zinnia right in the garden bed. They don't uh-huh. like to be transplanted. I've winter sowed them before and they've been okay, but you can just direct sow them. You know, Chrissy, last year I did both. And the ones that I direct sowed 
caught up with the winter sewing so quickly mm. that I don't know. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to direct sew too from now on. That makes sense. And you can also do a, you know a round of sewing, do them in succession, so you're blooming. It's so nice to have something that blooms in in August too. Yeah, and that's they it. do. Yeah. Uh, the one thing that's tricky for zinnia is that. Um, you do need good air circulation around them because I've gotten that powdery mildew. So careful of uh-huh, planting them all uh-huh. too close together. Oh, good point. Good, good. But these, they don't care what kind of soil they have. Um, they're just happy no matter what. Uh, finally, another good annual, easy, easy, Cosmos. Yeah. They're so easy. They come in basically three, co- no, they come in more than three colors, right? I think like whites and Variations White, of pink, pink and and lilac ish. Yes, right? yes, yes, yes. But I um, think they I've look seen, like a daisy. They do a delicate, very delicate. Yeah, they daisy. have very feathery leaves. Yeah, very tall. Another one that the bees absolutely love. Yes, and they make great cut flowers, just like zinnias do. Um, they they are symbolic of order and harmony. It's maybe oh. that's why they're called cosmos. Maybe so. Although, I don't know. In, in my opinion, the cosmos is chaotic. But who am I? Who knows? <laughs> Um, you can go ahead. I I wanted. Oh, go ahead. Please talk about the cosmos. Oh, I was going to say that you can direct sow them, um, after the danger of frost has passed, or you can, I've winter sowed them before, or you can sow them inside. They again, don't need any special soil preparation. In fact, they like soil. That's kind of not too rich. Um, because if you have very rich soil Mm -hmm. and this may be similar to radishes is that all you'll get Mm -hmm. will be very beautiful foliage and not enough blooms. Christy, that's absolutely right. And my other, if I may bring in my other very favorite annual that also does not like rich soil is uh, Morning Glories. Oh, yes. And I- That's a great, easy to grow. Easy, hard to get rid of, easy to grow. Exactly. <laughs> so if you if you really don't like it, don't I pull a lot it, of Morning Glory. Oh, I but it is so them. rewarding and I do really enjoy that. You know what they're good yeah. for? They're good for a, a container. They're good for a oh, window box. Yes, that would be good. Then they provide shade and they don't get crazy all over your garden. As mine too. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about easy perennials. All and right. Friends, a perennial is the opposite of an annual, which means that instead of dying at the end of the year, it just goes to sleep. And lots of stuff is happening underground. The plant is still alive during the winter. And in the spring, it comes back up again. In fact, the old rhyme for a perennial plant is the first year you get one, the first year it sleeps. The second year it creeps. And the third year it Leaps, <laughs> and you are asking people to take some away for you. Um, and very easy, a North American native perennial is the black eyed Susan. I, it's so cheerful. I love that plant. Very good plant. It symbolizes justice. Oh, okay. Um, this plant can go, grow to be about three feet tall, and it has like a dark purple center and yellow flowers, yellow petals. So it looks like a daisy with. A black eye, I guess you'd say. Yeah. Um, They're great cut flowers. They're great in containers. They're great in borders. Um, They like full sun, but you know what? I have, they grow in partial sun. They'll they'll still do the job for you in partial sun. Yeah. Um, And it is best if the soil is fertile, but you know what? They can tolerate tough conditions too. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They can be susceptible to powdery mildew fungi. Okay. So if you see that, um, you just may need to begin your organic antifungal program of your choice. (laughs) Okay. All right. Purple coneflower, also known as echinacea. That's one of my favorite. I love, love, love. Also native to, also native to North America. Tough native flower, 
draws a lot of bees and butterflies. Um, it means strength and wealth. And it's very drought tolerant once it's established. And they can take the heat. You also, I've seen echinacea tea. It's mm, also, mm -hmm. it's a remedy for things. I've seen people say, if you take echinacea root, it's good it's for It's the your, root, not the flower that the, you would yeah, use the, for the, the tea. Root, yeah. yeah. And they, uh, they tolerate poor soil. In fact, they perform best in soil that's not so rich. And they'll self-seed very nicely too. Yeah. So you'll have a lot of them. Also, they're easy to move around when they're little. Yeah. I just, you know, get my spade and I dig one up and I move it somewhere. Put it where you they're, want it. They they are really hardy. Um, a plant that leads almost no maintenance is the daylily. It's virtually disease-free, pest-free, can survive in drought, uneven sunlight, and poor soil. Um, there are thousands of varieties to choose from. Every garden, I think, should have daylilies in it. That, that's no seed, is it? That's isn't that a tuber and or a you know bulb? it's different than different than a regular lily. Uh huh. But it will have like a crown. Like you can buy you can what do you call it when you can buy it without it without blooming? You can buy it mm, bloomless. Yeah, <laughs> you can buy the root. You oh, can buy okay, the root okay, of it. Okay. And um, what's also unique about the daylily is that it'll have a, it'll have, you know, its stem is called a scape, which will have 12 to 15 buds on it. And um, each one of those flower, where they bloom when after the flower blooms, it's gone in a day. It's a big flower, folks. It's yeah, a big, very happy flower. Yeah. Um, and then finally, I just want to add on that a easy perennial to grow is a hosta. Mm -hmm. And this is a this is a shade option for folks. Nice that we have a shade option. Yeah. Christy. requires no care, and um, it's very reliable, very long lived. In fact, the hosta will outlive you. It comes in lots of sizes and textures, and it's known for its foliage. Though they may also produce flowers that um, rabbits and especially deer love. Oh, yeah, but. Um, you can buy a, oh, that's bare root. That's the word I'm looking for. Bare root. You, so oh, yeah. you can mm -hmm. buy a hosta mm -hmm. bare root and um, they need watering. Um, and they, you have to be careful that you put them in a place that they're not going to get too much heat in. So that's why they love shade. Um, uh, dig a hole, folks. That's a $50 hole for a 50 cent plant. So dig a hole that's twice as wide as the plant is. Easy. So easy. Hey. And if you planted even half of these, you would have an amazing garden this year. Yeah. With very little stress. And and also, Edith, what? no one will know that you planted easy stuff. No, unless they listen to Upside Down Tulips. Uh-oh. <laughs> What's this, Christy? What's this? <laughs> Is this are you being like a Foley artist? Huh? Is this is that you smacking me across the face? This is a mailbag full of letters. Ring ring. <laughs> Why would I smack you? I don't even know what a foley artist is. <laughs> okay, here we go. Um, this is a letter from Emma, and she says, "My husband bought me two lovely glass vases, one full of hyacinths." and the other daffodils with forced bulbs at the bottom. Now the flowers have died. Can I plant the bulbs for next year, or should I wait? Should I put them in the freezer? Do I keep the old leaves attached? Thank you, expert ladies. Okay, first thing I have to say this, Edith, yeah. is I didn't realize this when we picked this letter, uh -huh. that this is the yard Nazi. <laughs> Yes, it is. Okay. Yes, Emma. it is. Okay. 
This show is all about Emma. Yay, Emma. Um, well, first of all, you have a very nice husband to buy you tulips. I think that's just awesome. Uh, here's what you do if somebody is this spring, right? Tulips are coming out in mm -hmm. all the stores and you can get them. Um, once all the leaves have died, this is what I do. Is I lay the bulbs out on a newspaper in a cool, dry place for about three days. Then I store the bulbs in a cool, dark location. And it's good. A mesh bag would be a good idea. You know, like an old potato bag, Edith? Mm-hmm. Yep. And they'll be ready to plant in your garden in the fall. Or you can force them indoors in late winter. But personally, I find forcing to be a pain in the butt. And so I just plant them in the ground in the fall. And then for those vases, just buy new bulbs for the vases. That's good. Christy, you gave me tulips that were in one of those glass vases. I, I did, and I got some for myself because I saw some at Costco. So pretty. Now, he, here is a couple of extra notes because I went to their website because uh -huh. I, too, would like to plant them in, in the yard. You have to keep them in water as they dry out. So don't take them out of the water. They'll die. So keep them in water. And then you, uh, you're right, don't, don't let them be moist, they said. They said refrigerate tulip bulbs for six to eight weeks before planting in zones eight through ten. Yeah, that's true. And that's the hot zones, right? Yes. We are not a hot zone. Yeah, we're zone five B, but if you live if that I think that's true for bulbs in general. If like if you live in uh -huh. Arizona, yeah. I did not realize Florida, that. you gotta put them in the refrigerator. Did you because you're trying to trick them into have that they had winter. Oh, we're tricking them, tricking the bulbs. Yeah. Excellent choice. Did you know this? <laughs> Fruits should not be stored with the bulbs. Oh. Fruit produces ethylene gas, which destroys the flower bud within the bulb. Place them in a paper bag away from ripening fruits. Isn't that interesting? So, Emma, do not put oranges with your tulip bulbs. That's that ethylene gas that yeah. makes things uh, ripen quickly, I think. Right. Oh, like, yeah, right? like when you put... Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I really think that that's all I have to add to your lovely bulb discussion. Well, I hope people are going out there, first of all, and getting and enjoying tulips. Ours are just going to start in, ours gonna, I mean, my tulips are up in the yard. Are they? A couple weeks. I bet I'm I said, oh blooms. my gosh, you're right. So are mine, but they are under snow now. So I forgot yeah. about them. Yeah. yeah. Or go to a store and get some and don't throw them away. Save no. them. Yeah. Save them. Put them in the yard. And if you really want to get fancy pants, force them. But to me, that's a pain in the butt. Yeah. Forcing, you don't want to force a flower. Why would you do that? <laughs> It's not right. <laughs> well, friends, if you have questions for us, comments, observations, funny stories, you're, you have questions about tulips, about what's easy to grow, the meaning of life, anything, we'll, we'll give it a go. Write to us at UpsideDownTulips.com or UpsideDownTulips at Gmail. <laughs> right. You're doing great. You're good. <laughs> it just went straight out of my head. <laughs> had plans, folks, to have to be visited by the inspirational Mother Teresa, but she's dead. So instead, <laughs> we're having the very lively and alive <laughs> Christy. <laughs> Please inspire us. Well, friends, when I saw this quote, this is how I have been feeling lately, so I thought it would be appropriate. And it comes from Helen Hayes the wonderful actress known as the American Lady of Theater. Oh, I'm excited. And an EGOT. 
And she has a theater named after her in New York. That's right. Yeah. She says, All through the long winter, I dream of my garden. On the first day of spring, I dig my fingers deep into the soft earth. I can feel its energy and my spirits soar. That's great, because that's not easy to do in Manhattan. There's a lot of sidewalks. (laughs) (laughs) That's wonderful, Maybe she was in Connecticut. Of course. If you have a theater named after you, you probably have a home in Connecticut. Hey, everybody. General, thanks for listening. We are Edith. (laughs) (laughs) We are. (laughs) Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm reading right off the thing, and I, I... Thank you, everybody. Sincerely, we are Edith Weiss and Christy Montreux Larson, who is giggling over there. Sorry. Friends, if you got some laughs and some value from this week's episode, could you do us a favor? You could hit that subscribe, like, or follow button wherever you listen to your podcasts. And thanks to Denise Gentilini for composing and performing the Upside Down Tulips theme song. She has her very own uh, website, and it's fantastic. You can listen to more of her music there. You can find that link on our UpsideDownTulips.com website. Thank you to the many talents of our kind friends, Karen Slack and Emma Messenger. Hey, thank you to our excellent yet enigmatic engineer. And a special thanks to our local nursery and friend of the show, Southwest Gardens. Get out there because he's selling a lot of stuff already. Join us next week for another episode that will delight and amaze you. And don't forget, if you make a mistake, your garden will forgive you. Upside down to lips. General, thanks for listening. <laughs> is, is that like is that the name of is that the name of like of an army guy? General, thanks for listening. 